0: Hello, I'm Wayne and this is my Iron Maiden podcast Sponsored by Steve Harris' Scrap Metal Collection in Brecon The Alchemist of Powys, turning your unwanted metal into something of value On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s and 1990s Birmingham although I'm more of a man by this stage I'll also take a look at them today, see if my opinions have changed Last week I looked at the song Man on the Edge and had some feedback on the show. I had several comments about Duncan, the clean easy man, that Dennis Stratton spoke about. I had quite a lot of people concerned about the welfare of Duncan and what might have happened to him. Well, I wonder. Um, But yeah, please keep him in mind. But I don't think there's anything to worry about because these things happen, don't they? Sometimes people drop catalogues off and don't return for them. It doesn't mean we have to launch an investigation or a search party. This could have happened years ago. I had a message from David Boyd and he said, Didn't need the prick. Now at first, I thought he meant Trevor and it was a rude message. But he was talking about the word game I did where I made Bruce become Blaze by changing one letter at a time. You might recall that I started with Bruce and after a couple of words, I got to truck, then trick, then prick, then crick. But what David Boyd saying is, I didn't need the prick, because I could have gone straight from trick to crick, so thanks for spotting that David, I'm surprised nobody else did, most people are quite quick to point out mistakes, although I suppose it wasn't pronunciation was it? On the topic of the word game though, I had a message from Ron Kramer, and he was delighted to show that he could beat my score, although it wasn't really a score was it, he could just do it with less words, and he went like this. Bruce, braise, blaze. so he did it in four moves and you might be thinking well braise, what's that? that's not right but this isn't braise like how you might cook a steak or a cabbage because that's got six letters this braise, as Ron Kramer points out is a verb and it means to make a joint between two metal surfaces by fusing a layer of brass or high melting solder between them so anyone saying that they don't learn anything on my podcasts is lying. Anyway, we're here to talk about Fortunes of War, which is track four on the X Factor album. The song begins with this nice intro, this delicate, soothing bass guitar, and then you get the sound of the other guitars caressing you like a massage. We've heard about massage before, haven't we? With some comments. Then we also get a soft vocal which adds to the mood, a bit like a herbal bath. Now I've mentioned different brands of bubble bath before but I didn't get any lucrative sponsorship deals so I won't be mentioning them again. Picture the scene. Soft vocal is one thing, but I wouldn't want words about men returning from war while I'm trying to have a nice relaxing soak in the bath. It'd be the same if I was having a massage, wouldn't want that either if you're trying to relax. I imagine they play Pan Pipes or the best of Kenny G in these establishments. (laughs) So there's a lesson there don't think about war when you're having a massage or a bath because you can't relax so those lyrics are after the war and now that they've sent me homeward, homeward I can't help but feel that I'm on my own now I've not been to war So you might wonder how I can empathise with these words but if you were to replace after the war with after the Oliver audition or after the Little League football trials open day then you can imagine how I felt when they sent me homeward, rejected and not picked. I don't think Steve Harris has been to war either but like all good poets and Trevor you can imagine how it must feel basing it on similar experiences in his own life. Now, Steve Harris is good at football, and with his accent, he can probably adapt his singing voice to sound like one of Fagan's gang, so he wouldn't have faced rejection like I did. But it doesn't matter, really, because he's clearly talking about war. He says, No one can see just what this conflict has done to the minds of the men who are on their way home. It's quite powerful. what this conflict has done to the minds of the men who are their way home. So yeah, it's deep stuff, but maybe we should ignore how Blaise Bailey says conflict. So there's some echoes there to some of Trevor's lines in the Trooper Poem about the effects of war on those who didn't perish. On this battlefield, no one wins. So fortunes of war isn't about riches. It's about those extra outcomes behind supposedly winning. I can also relate to this despite not having been in a war. You might recall Dennis Stratton mentioned the rival firm clean easy, so I felt that I was war with them. They were silly and I was almost conditioned or programmed to hate them with my training and my own outlook on life. They spelt clean with a K and a double E, and Easy was spelled E Z E. This was annoying and i say they also didn't go the extra mile, like betterware. You might remember that I used to present the catalogues to the housewives of Stetchford and some men to gain that trust. The clean easy man, well, you just leave the catalog on the doorstep or post it through the letterbox. And this was bad practice, in my opinion. And as a result, if I saw one, I might hide it under the dustbin or in the hedge. And if I was ever challenged or arrested, I suppose I could claim that the wind might have blown it there. That was my plan. Perhaps looking back, it's not a very nice thing to do. Maybe I shouldn't gloat about these extra outcomes behind supposedly winning. But I'd say I'd certainly got some extra orders due to this. One lady ordered £80 worth of stuff. This was a massive order. I got 20% commission, so I got £16 sterling just from this, which was quite a lot for a 17-year-old boy in the mid-90s. She'd just moved into the house, so she clearly needed a lot of kitchen storage solutions, cleaning products, and the limited edition novelty toilet roll stacker. This was great, and I created a new symbol on my grid, as she was both attractive, and I might get some good orders in the future. Annoyingly, she never ordered anything again, despite me having an additional midweek bath every time I was due to call there. The next verse talks about being scarred for life. But it isn't physical. It's about the memories and the flashbacks. It mentions the vivid scenes and recurrent nightmares. So it's like mentally scarred. The and all the so it focused a bit on the lyrics and the theme, but musically, there's this nice section where there's a bass break that leads to a, a good section that sort of Stops and starts, and teases, and leads into a nice lead guitar passage. I'd have liked this to come back later. I'm making mind up. I'll tell you, this song actually does demonstrate some great bass guitar playing from Steve Harris, so it's nice to focus on that. I feel like this section does get ruined a bit though, when it kicks in again with some poor synths that sound a bit like trumpets rather than strings, like a tame blowing sound, like when you used to blow through a blade of grass between your fingers and make a squeaky noise. I could never do this, I think it's okay to admit it. I wasn't jealous of Simon Rafferty or Thomas Spencer. Even Caroline Blissie could do it. I think the addition of these synths is maybe trying to make it sound a bit more grand, but I think again, like some similar songs before, it makes it a bit weedy and isn't very impressive. So as I mentioned, you're saying he's scarred for life. And then later, if he feels cut off from society, who are trying to care, trying to give advice about time being a perfect healer. Then Steve Harris does his usual trick of not knowing what is real or a vision. So he's been a bit confused, hasn't he, over the career of Iron Maiden so far. And we can perhaps feel for him even more at this stage, knowing that Bruce has left and he's going through a divorce. So there's a lot to adapt to and deal with. He says, In the night, the vision seems so real and... You're Not Sure What's Real Anymore. So yeah, the impact of war on the dreams, it, it sort of invades them. So I'm quite enjoying the song so far. It's got a nice intent. And then we get the title mentioned, Fortunes of War. So this is the chorus, and it's repeated three times, and then followed up with No Pain Anymore. You're Not Sure What's Real is- So as I said before, there isn't really any pain, as in physical pain, after the war is over. But it's the other impact, the other cost. And we've had themes before where the ones fighting suffer, while those in power make decisions and benefit. And maybe it's them who are making the fortunes, and I think of songs as well, like Afraid to Shoot Strangers. After this, well, I suppose it's a chorus, it, it picks up a bit and we get this galloping section. I'm not sure I like this, I feel like the bass has got energy, but the guitar and the synth drone a bit and hold it back. So we get a solo. And then the second solo has another strange effect, Uh, it's quite odd and seems to come from nowhere. It doesn't seem to fit in with the rest of the song. I wonder how they made this decision. What what made them think, oh, let's put that effect on the solo. And another change on this album was the producer. Because Martin Birch had retired. So Steve Harris was in charge almost. And I'll look at this more as we go on with the album. But it's something else that we can consider when we judge the album. So yeah, there's a new singer, but also a new production team. And of course Steve Harris did some work on Fear of the Dark, but he's probably got more control on this. So maybe he made some decisions on the overall sound. And you know, you can say, well it's darker, and that suits the mood of the songs, but but things like effects on the guitar solos, I hope Dave and Yannick got a say. Talking of Steve Harris, we've had a few requests for this. It's Steve Harris Harris's, diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. Mr. Harris's diary. Mr. Harris's diary. June twenty-eighth. Blaze is doing all right, settling in and getting the grips of working with the lads. He's written a song and all. The book title. He's putting lyrics about Evan, so he's ticking all the boxes. It's a shame about his brownie accent. He told me the other day though, he's been on a primetime TV show with his family. Some quiz show. I ain't having it. I've wrote a letter to ITV telling them not to broadcast it. Family fortunes. Well, oh, led to a few arguments. A bit of argy-bargy so I made got go to bed early. Afterwards, I wrote a song about my feelings. Family fortunes of war. I dropped the family in case people thinks about me divorce and I made it more about war. Ah, oh, if this show ain't it, the band would be scarred for life. I don't know how we could face this torment. Embarrassing. It's Steve Harris' Diary, it's Steve Harris' Diary, it's Steve Harris' Diary, it's Diary. It's, it's, it's Family Fortunes and here's your host... Is Dennis. Thank you very much, good evening and welcome once again to Family Fortunes. First of all, we meet the Bailey family. OK, we asked 100 people, top six answers to find, to name something that goes flat. My vocal on the trooper. Yes, well played, count to number two. two to five. After the solo, we, we get a faster Fortunes of War vocal. I'm not sure I like it And then I get the impression it's building up to something annoying Yes, that's right, more woes I feel like they could have brought some monks back to do some o's But you don't associate monks with war, do you, I guess except those buddies to machine guns fortunately it slows back down again to a better vocal saying fortunes of war and I suppose while the title is repeated a bit it isn't overdone and then it goes back to that soft slow bit at the start maybe it's safe to, to play this bit in the bath instead right I'm give Trevor a ring hi Wayne hi Trevor what you been doing oh this and that been working things out all oh, right what like self-help things and planning for the year. No. Okay. Uh, what well, like like taking stock of your life and wondering who you are. No. Working things out like maths. Okay. What well, like sums. Yeah. I was thinking for the forthcoming tour, if there are a total of eighteen songs across the Senjutsu and somewhere in time albums, and they're playing ten songs out of these live. Yeah then there's 43,758 possible combinations of 10 songs from these albums. Really? Yeah. That's nonsense. Why? Because one of those 43,758 possible combinations is that all 10 songs from Senjutsu will be played, which probably won't happen. Well, surely it's a half for each song, isn't it? They will or they won't get played. Your rules. This is different maths. Didn't Bruce once say that they will play the whole album? Yeah, but this is different maths. So if they play five from each album, then it's a different result. There's 56 combinations of five songs on Somewhere in Time and 252 on Senjutsu. Nobody wants this on a podcast. So I wonder if you add them all together. That's the answer. 308. Okay. I thought it might be of interest. Well, as long as Die Your Boots On isn't in the set, then I don't mind. And Darkest Hour, maybe. Didn't Bruce say at one of his spoken word shows that they will play Alexander the Great? I'm sure I read that somewhere. That only leaves nine, so you might have to do some extra calculations. Well, yeah, I suppose he did say that. But I'm not sure I believe him, though. Are you saying Bruce is a liar? No. Well, I don't think it's up to him. He might get a turn off from Steve. He should keep quiet about it. Okay, well, we've had some comments in. And after we revealed that we're going to the Birmingham gig in July, a few people want to know which song you're most likely to be dancing like a He-Man figure to. I never did that. I didn't dance like a He-Man figure. The song that I'm probably most likely to go crazy on is The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. I might run on and on around the arena, stripped down to my vest and shorts. Oh, we don't want to see that. Now, obviously, we're talking about Fortunes of War. So what do you think about that song? Yeah, I quite like it although I think it maybe marks a change in quality for the album. I think that a few of the 90s albums tail off in the middle. It's okay, though. It's not the worst song on the album. Okay. Well, it's the first song on the album not to be inspired or named after a book or film, but I'm sure you've already mentioned that, Wayne. Uh, No, I haven't, actually. Well, I suppose there was a TV series with this title in the late 80s, starring Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson. And that came from a series of six books written by Olivia Manning. Was it? Yeah. This series of books is sometimes called Fortunes of War, but none of the books had that title. Oh, okay. Uh, Are there any links with that series to this song? No, not really. But I suppose there's relevant themes, even today. Insecurities, suspicion. Maybe I'll go and read them. Yeah, sounds good. Now, on the topic of fortunes, uh, you, you mentioned maths before... Uh, And as a bookmaker, albeit a very temporary bookmaker, did you make any fortunes off any bets or unlucky punters? Well, nothing special. In the world of betting, I suppose that is a bit like a war scene. Sometimes you get pain and loss. But on this battlefield, no one wins except the booker. I was there around Euro 96. Remember the football tournament? Oh, yeah. What were the odds on England going out on penalties? I can't remember. Maybe 10 to 1 on the day, the odds, but the probability, of course, was a half. Uh, of course, yeah. Alright, so that's enough of maths, so we should we look at poetry. I uh, had some reasonable comments about last week, despite the continuing theme of Blamange. Yeah, well, you told me to be more serious this week. Oh, yeah, okay, well, yeah, fortunes of war makes sense. Okay, Are you ready? Yeah? They came for us on a winter's morning, door kicked in without a warning. Shouts and shots, we fled upstairs, we don't fit in, they said. Huddled together, we sat and waited, as they destroyed what we'd created. Possessions booted, our history looted, we don't fit in, they said. And yet they want a piece of us, to hang on a lady's neck or an officer's wall, where it has no meaning at all, it's always the way. A fortune of war always comes from a loss. And we lost more that day. Uh, Okay, well, I'm not sure how to follow that. So I do a poem about Blomange, and he don't like it. And then I do a poem not about Blomange, and he still don't like it. No, no, well, it was good. Uh, Just unexpected, maybe. Well, you wanted serious, so there you go. Well, okay, well, that never happened, though, did it? Some ruffians in Stetchford. No. It's a universal peace. You know, the past, present and future as well, sadly. OK, well, thanks for that. Um, but Derodactyl Mark will be sad because he was hoping I'd drop you. And after that maths thing at the beginning, I, th- I thought it was looking a bit touch and go. Uh, but maybe that poem saved you. Uh, but yeah, oh, yeah, it's a shame because he was hoping to do a turn next week. Doing what? Look for the truth. Yeah, I know what the song is. No, no, I mean, that, that's what he was hoping to do. Look for the truth. Like a mystery thing, conspiracy theories, paranormal. You know, like Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World off the telly in the 80s. What, like Trevor Investigate? No, well, well, he sold the idea well. And you keep threatening to do this Taylor Swift thing, so I've got to look at alternatives. Can we talk about my poem again, please? Yeah, okay, it was good. So, yeah, well done. Uh, The best one for a while. Maybe of all the 90s. Yeah, it's quite hard to... Work it out. Uh, I'm not sure what I prefer. Uh, the abstract nonsense or the deep reflective ones. Even abstract nonsense can reveal much about the soul. Is that Oscar Wilde? No, it's Trevor. Well, I suppose it's nice to keep your all guessing then. Right, well, look for the truth next week if you could prepare for that. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I've got a Ko-Fi page. And you can find the link to that in the show notes. So looking at some other comments I had, I had a, a comment on Facebook by Mark Leenbruggen. And he was talking about films, because you might recall, I speculated as to what Steve Harris might do in a cinema. And he said that if Steve Harris' is film watching nowadays is like his songwriting, he'll be watching epics. And he says, I bet he loves James Cameron. So thanks for that, Mark. Uh, I had a, a concerned message, not about Duncan the Clean Easy Man, but... Harriet Pringle says, why does Wayne use the full name Blaise Bailey all the time? She's quite annoyed by it. I think that's quite a minor point to get annoyed by, isn't it? And I find that in life, we do have some people whose names are like this. Maybe you know somebody that you always use their full name for, like Ron Kramer or John Jeffs. But anyway, I've taken the comment on board and I hope that I've used the full name Blaise Bailey less on this episode. Talking of Ron Kramer again, um, I had more comments about the word game that he beat me at, uh, where I replaced Bruce with Blaze. Uh, I had a few people saying, can we have some more of those, please? Um, It's almost as if people don't want a podcast about Iron Maiden. They just want puzzles and jigsaw commentary and talk about pudding. There's one person who says, why didn't you do Dennis to Adrian in Series 2? I can't go back and do that, can I? There's no point anyway. I'm not going to do this. I've a message from Merck on Facebook, and he introduces himself by saying, Merck here of the band Master Spy. So I think he's done that, trying to get a free plug on the podcast, but I'm not falling for it. His message goes on to say that he worked an EP with Blaze recently, and he's happy that I've decided to cover his Maiden albums, so that's interesting. But he messaged about the episode Man on the Edge, saying that I got it all wrong by telling you all that the car is an oven is a metaphor He claims it isn't, and he backs this up with pictorial evidence. He's got a picture of a man cooking a pizza in a car. He's using the car like an oven, so I suppose a car could be an oven then, but maybe it couldn't be in the 90s. Anyway, thanks for that, Merck. I also had a message from Uncle Steve, and he mentions Trevor's poetry, as usual, but not really about the poetry itself, just the term blancmange, which he claims Americans don't have, or perhaps don't know about. And he's worried. Well, or perhaps he isn't worried. Um, he thinks that maybe Trevor's alienating the US market by using this term. But he came over here, didn't he, to Stetchford. Talking about banana pudding. What's that? We don't have that here. So it's a two-way thing, isn't it? Now, I should have told Trevor this, but I don't want to upset him because he's been talking about doing other things, hasn't he? So I don't want to do this. But hopefully he's happier, and maybe you're happier with this week's poem. Now, we talked about stamps last week, Trevor and I, and uh, yeah, I think they're still out there in the news and you can still buy them. But I did say I'd got a few spare that I might give away as a competition prize. So here you go, here's a competition. I've got here an Iron Maiden presentation pack. and That's 12 stamps and I'm gonna give that away. Um, But I've also got an Eddie fan sheet. and That's three stamps on a limited edition sheet. Now the Royal Mail Post Office says that that is a limited edition, but it isn't actually sold out on the website. So I don't know how limited it is, but either way, it's officially limited edition, and I've got one to give away. So there's two sets here. I don't know whether I should wave them at the microphone so you can hear them, but I'll I'll put some pictures out on social media. So to win these, or one of them, you're only having one, don't be greedy. To win one, you have to send a direct message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Ko-Fi, Uh, with the correct answer to the following question so don't be silly and put a reply in the tweet so everyone can see the right answer Um, by all means retweet it or share it um, or even put in the comments this is a really hard question Wayne thank you for setting it Um, or things like that that'd be nice although you haven't heard the question yet have you so maybe I'll get to that right Uh, the question is can you name an Iron Maiden song with any of the following three words in the lyrics Um, and the words are Royal, male, or Stamp so yeah, can you name an Iron Maiden song with any of those three words in the lyrics so there you go and I'll also post this online as a reminder so you know people won't miss out now the bad news is I might have thrown away that tub of revelations that I used to use to draw names out of the hat or tub uh, for previous winners of competitions So, I might have to buy some more sweets, which is a good thing. So yeah, probably you've probably got a few weeks to do that. So you know, I I can see you all now probably sat there. In fact, you probably paused it. You're probably not even listening to this. You probably paused the podcast, doing your research and racking your brains through all the songs. Oh, where's Royal? Or where's Mail? Or where's Stamp? Uh, So I don't know why I'm even talking still. But yeah, when you come back to this bit that you've just heard. Um, yeah, you've still got a couple of weeks to enter, um, and again, I'll, I'll post some dates up, and then um, remind people, more photos of my face with the stamps, and then, yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully they, they might be on their way to you, if anyone wants them. So that's Fortunes of War. Um, realistically, from the first songs we've had so far on this album, it, it probably seems weaker than those other ones we've had, because it isn't an epic, like Sign of the Cross, and it isn't single material like the other two but I still think it's pretty good, I think it's quite interesting even though there might not appear to be much on the surface I think it's a decent effort I feel like it could do with a more interesting chorus and that might elevate it a bit more Um, but yeah, okay overall there's a good live clip of it on YouTube in fact there's probably a few, but uh, what's interesting is I noticed that Steve Harris has got two bass guitars now he's not playing them at the same time like an octopus might but he's actually got one like on a stand and he plays that, and then he goes back and plays the other one that's round his waist. So I suppose one of them's got like an effect on it, whereas the other one hasn't. But I don't know why it just doesn't use a pedal, like most people. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting, and I think it's a good watch. It's a, a song that benefits from the live environment, and the guitars seem heavier. So I recommend that, have a look. Because um, you know, there's a good chance you probably haven't seen that song played live. Um, so anyway, yeah. That's that, Uh, another week, another episode, and next week we've got Look For The Truth, so that'll be fun, and uh, yeah, I'll see you next time, so thanks for listening, bye-bye.